You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Text too much about bullshit. This is not helpful. Yeah, it's good for chemistry, you know. I mean, I, I would say that the uh, four-hour argument about what is a song and what is not a song was pretty dumb. You started it. I was bored. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A, oh, I don't know, dumb version of the Touchline Media Group because at the end of the day, college football is our dumbest and greatest sport. Um, and, and that is why we are all here. Um, I am your host, Asa, aka The Twig. Uh, my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, is um, in the mountains skiing. Now you might be saying to yourself, it's summer. But I didn't say which mountains, you know, it could be the Andes. I think that the, that that's relatively winter there. Does anybody know that? In the Andes? Yeah. South America. That's South America, right? Yeah. So I guess it would be winter, but I also think it's like in Peru. So I think it's like equatorial. Anyways. I wouldn't think it's winter, but. Yeah. This uh, wasn't until somebody said, until y'all said something just not. So I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Andy's. Um, this episode is brought to you by uh, Smith Workforce Management Group is, uh, for all your business law needs, as well as whoever Blue Wire decided to put in. Um, you know, hopefully more uh, Neutrogena, uh, less. Um, no, I'm, I'm good with most of our sponsors. It's fine. Um, we are joined. You've already heard uh, Angus, uh, who, who is uh, not on video. I, I know that this is a visual medium, but I'm the only person on video today, which is fun because I'm just looking at myself, uh, as well as uh, Josh. Um, Josh, how are you doing? You, we've, we've missed you these last couple of weeks, and I know that it's because it's my fault, and I keep changing things last minute. I'm doing good, man. Uh, I'm actually not on video right now because 
I am uh, not at home and not in my usual setup. And so like, I'm actually taking this on my phone. Uh, so I, you can't see my lovely face just yet. Well, I, I miss it dearly. Um, all right. So uh, there was some week one. I mean, like we, it's, it's funny. We've, we've spent months talking about nothing, you know, practice reports and so-and-so and recruiting. And now we're here. I'm going and- to miss practice report season. Practice report season is the best season. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like hearing, um, you know, Cade McNamara is perfect in, in, in practice. And so is JJ McCarthy. And so is Alex Orgy. Is Alex Orgy a quarterback? Not anymore. Did I want to say the word Orgy? I did. So let's, we're not going to go in chronological order because that's the way these things work. Um, normally we'll, you know, we, we go Michigan, Michigan State, Baylor, Oregon, probably less so, but we'll get there. Uh, and then, you know, sort of the general things that happened, but something happened on, on Saturday that, I mean, we need to address. We need to get this off our chest. Um, it has literally never happened before. In the history of college football, which is a really long history, with a lot of stupidity, no team has ever... A lot ever, of stupidity. A lot of stupidity. No team has ever won a game while scoring seven points and not scoring a touchdown until Saturday. I, I don't... I, I mean... Is this, is this like watching Da Vinci paint the Mona Lisa? Like, is this Kirk Ferentz's like magnum opus? I don't know if I'd call it the Da Vinci more, I'd more call it like Pam on the office painting the building. (laughs) Like the best possible version of something that's not very good. Yep. 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 Exactly. (laughs) But see, I I think that it's, do you know what it's like to me is that it's not Pam drawing the office. It's not, maybe it's Da Vinci doing the Mona Lisa, but it's like, um, what's the best? It's like, like you, there are certain bands that I really don't like, right? Like certain types of music that I really, really don't like, but I understand what they're doing, right? Like thrash metal or black metal. Like I don't, I'm not into, I'm not into it. Um, But like, I get that there is a, a, a better or worse. And I'm sure that there is a best thrash metal song of all time right? Pantera put out some song or the Devil Wears Prada put out some song that is just unimpeachably the best in this genre. And that's what this is. That's what this was. This was something that you, you, you can't enjoy, but you can look at it and say, that's a masterpiece. It's not my masterpiece. I wouldn't put it in my home. I wouldn't listen to it on my car, in my car, but, but it's a uh, masterpiece. You definitely watched that at home. I know you watched that at home. <laughs> I mean, yes. but You no, willingly no. put on that game. <laughs> like, the thing is, is that, like, be, because to me, college football, like, like there, there are multiple ways to consume college football, right? There's watching or, uh, Ohio State versus Notre Dame, which we'll talk about. And it's like, okay, this is probably the best this sport can do. Um, well, you know, for week one. For week one, right. You know, this is, this is watching Georgia stomp out Oregon and being like, oh, this is a Death Star that didn't get worse. That's fun. Um, you know, to, to use our soccer analogy, like Manchester United versus Arsenal, right? Like this is theoretically the best that this sport has in terms of talent and money and whatever. And that's the game. Um, <laughs> Arsenal lost. I, I brought that up because Arsenal lost and I, I find that funny. Um, but this this is like watching like a beautiful game of championship 
Norwich versus Millwall and nobody's good. And nobody knows what they're doing. And somehow you watch this game and you're like, this is art. This is beautiful. That's, that's, that's what this is like. And I, I'm not going to, I'm going to get romantic for like 30 seconds here, but like, if you want to watch the best football, don't be a college football fan. Go watch the NFL. They're better at it. In fact, the best college football players often go play in the pros. This is something different. This is, this is why we watch. It's not, it's not for Georgia. It's not for Bama. It's for Iowa versus uh, South Dakota State in a game in which there were zero touchdowns scored and half of all scoring actions were defensive. I don't have anything else to say. It was art. It was beautiful. So does Brian Ferentz get fired after that? By his dad? No, I don't think Brian Ferentz gets fired by his dad after that. Uh, like, when you, like, like, look, like, I don't know if you're, I mean, I, I know that you live in DC, so therefore you have no idea what nepotism is, but no, generally no speaking, generally speaking, fathers don't fire their incompetent sons. They give them better jobs. <laughs> Just traditional. That's how that works. Um, so uh, enjoy Kinnick on October 1st when Michigan goes there and somehow Spencer Petrus is, uh, you know, the third coming of, I don't know, Drew Tate, is that the, Brad Banks. Who, who, who's the best quarterback that we can think of in, in Iowa history? Ricky Stancy? I think it's probably it's Brad Ricky Banks. Ricky Stancy. Uh, Jake Rudock. Jake Rudock played for them. Yeah, but he wasn't good when he was in Iowa. I'm thinking it's Brad Banks. Okay. He was good. Probably. Like that 2000, 2005 vintage of Iowa. You know how they're good every, like, like on, the, on the fives and the zeros? Yeah, 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 during contract time. Right, like like 2005, they went to a Rose Bowl. 2010, they they had that great win over LSU with your Tate. 2015, they went undefeated in the uh, regular season. They delayed it for COVID, so 2021 was when they were stupidly good. Um, yeah. But not really. So anyways, we've, we've talked enough about Kirk Ferentz, but that game was art. It was beautiful. 10 out of 10, would watch again. Um, so do you want to do you want to talk Michigan or Michigan State first? I can I guess go in order, you know. Michigan yeah, State Colonel. decided to play on Friday, on Thursday, Friday, Friday, night. Friday, 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 Friday mid afternoon. The high, the high school, the high school references. Right. Um, so Michigan State did something fun, from my perspective. Um, they covered a twenty point spread, which is cool. And at no point was I like happy with what they're doing. And it's an interesting concept watching this team right now because it's. It's the way that Michigan State has decided to structure its system in the post-D'Antonio not giving a shit era is like the exact opposite of what Michigan did in the post-Lloyd Carr era. Obviously, Lloyd Carr was more successful than Mark D'Antonio, but also different curves. Um, Post-Lloyd Carr, Michigan decided that they were just going to like tear it down, rebuild it. You're going to eat two sort of tough years, and then in years three and four, you're going to be you're going to be good. And Michigan State was like, nah, we're just going to bring in transfers. And hope it works out. And again, it seems to have worked out because not, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, they had two, what was it? 175 rushing yards on 26 carries between their two transfer running backs Um, on defense. Six of the seven sacks they put up were from transfers, including four from Jacoby Windman, who this time last year was a linebacker for UNLV. Um, And now he's a defensive end who got four sacks in game one, granted Western, but um, it's, it's an interesting, it was an interesting game to watch because Michigan state was the better team. 
But some of the concerns from last year, which is this team can't really sustain drives. They're just sort of relying on um, explosion plays. It's back with a vengeance. Um, And I don't, you know, I think that that's probably an offensive line thing, which you can't really paper over um, with transfers or new players, you know, but Michigan state, like of their, of their four passing of their five offensive touchdowns, three were from players who were not on the team last year. Um, you know, Daniel Barker, who w- w- had a, had a nice one-handed catch. Uh, Jeremy Bernard is a freshman. He had a nice catch and run. Um, Jalen, Jalen Berger running back, you know, had a 50 yard burst. Um, but I, I I'll say this about this team. Um, they have two weeks, you know, they have another week to get prepared for a Washington game, which might be difficult. Michael Penix looks like Michael Penix. Um, but I think that, that my sort of going back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we were previewing the Big Ten, I think eight and four is still pretty much what I think, right? Like, I don't know how much of that game either of you two watched, but that looks No, I, I honestly did not watch very much of it. I only followed on my phone. Yeah. Um, but but my I think my overall take comes back to, uh, you know, uh, talk, talk struck gold with Kenneth Walker, right? Yeah. I don't think you can do that every year. And I don't, I, to be fair, I don't think it's the plan. I mean, he's recruiting like gangbusters. Like it's just the, the, the sort of papering over period is where we're at. Um, oh, you don't think that they're going to transfer every year? I don't think that they are going to rely on transfers. I, Tucker has said, because people have said like, oh, like, you know, you really use the transfer portal. Is that like a, a plan? He said, no, my plan is to get zero transfers every year. Because I mean, of my that recruits. would be good. Right. He's just, that seems, it still seems like the plan right now. And well, you it's, know. it's, I think, I think what it is, is it's like, well, there's very little reason not to, right? Like if you look at your team and you say, okay, I've got a big problem at this year, it was defensive end. They have a, they mm-hmm. had a big problem at defensive end coming into this year. So what did they do? They went out and got Chris Bogle who got a sack and Jacoby Winman who got four. Seems like they fixed the problem. You know, and I'm not saying that Jacoby Winman is a first round best defensive end in the country, but he's oh, he clearly punctual against Western Michigan. He, I mean, he can dominate Western Michigan, which means yeah. that, you know, if you, if you look at other players who have dominated um, Western Michigan or, or that sort of caliber of team, um, I go back to who is that defensive end who transferred to Michigan a couple of years ago from central? Oh, um, Mike, Mike Dana or something. Dana. Dana. Mike Dana, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was functional yeah. as defensive end for Michigan in the big time, which is I mean, he was good. arguably good. Like Okay, so fine. But he was starting opposite like even Hutchinson. <laughs> right. And and Jacoby Winman is not. But that's the point, right? Like if Jacoby Winman is good or functional or serviceable, playing next to Jacob Slade and Simeon Barrow means he's going to get singled because you can't yeah. single up those two in the middle. So he looks better than he is. Fine. Great. Um, but like in terms of, in terms of the defense, I mean, the cornerbacks were fine. I mean, they gave up less than 200 passing yards, uh, on 36 attempts. Like it was a positive uh, coming off of last year. It was a positive experience. Um, there were a number of injuries, which are concerning Xavier Henderson going down is a problem. Um, Michigan, State, he's number three, the preseason, like honorable mention, all American, um, gotcha. He, he went down. We don't know the extent of it, but he was replaced by a true freshman, which is a problem. Um, 
you know, they were playing a true freshman at safety for the second half um, or a walk-on in Kendall Brooks. So the, if, you, if you're going to look at like a problem place for Michigan State come, you know, come, come October, November, it's that Xavier Henderson and Angelo Gross still can't come off the field. Um, because this, this podcast knows as well as anybody, freshman safeties are a bad idea. They are okay. a very, very bad idea. You Josh want them Jarrett. to be in, in an apprentice role. Yes. Their first year. Um, yeah. And that was the plan for Jade Mangum and, and D- Dylan Tatum, both of whom were, were supposed to be uh, apprentice safeties. Um, Jaden Mangum is probably going to be starting a significant amount of time if Xavier Henderson is out. Josh, you are a resident uh, defensive back. Um, how do you feel about having a uh, free safety who's a true freshman who's never played college football before? I would say it depends on the safety, because if you watched Earl Thomas as a true freshman at the University of Texas, it didn't matter he was if, uh, he was a true freshman, he was still beast. Um, so it depends on the caliber athlete that you have back there, but uh, I would I, I would also say it's not ideal if you have a more experienced player. It's always best um, because they've probably, they probably they know the game a little better at that level. Um, but I, I still think that you know a true freshman can uh, can do well um, as a uh, as a safety. But um, you have to live with a few mistakes because of your inexperience. Right, and and. So- the, the question is, oh, the other interesting thing was is that Chuck Brantley started over Ronald Williams. We talked about in the, uh, the lead-up to this that Michigan State was starting transfers from Alabama and Georgia on the outside. Um, Chuck Brantley took over uh, from uh, Ronald Williams um, and, and appears to be the starter at that cornerback spot. Amir Speed didn't come off the foot field, and he's going to be uh, you know, relied upon to be that number one corner. Um, but aside from that, I mean, offensively, it's, it looked like last year if last – like it looked like their drives Kenneth Walker was not in on last year, which makes sense, but it's also sort of a problem because this offense looks like it needs to be a little more pass happy than I want it to be. And I think Mel Tucker wants it to be, um, but we're, we're going to see what Jalen Berger and Jared Broussard can do. Cause those two, those two got pretty much every carry. They, they gave two carries to a tight end, which was fun. Um, but um, Berger, I mean, Berger had something like a hundred and what was it? 120 yards on, on 16 carries, which you can live with um, six yards, six yards, a, a carry for the offense is, is fine against Western, right? Like that's more or less what you're going to do against a, I think upper tier Mac team. Um, but we'll see um, all in all, it was fine. When I, when I did my rewatch uh, last night at like 2am because I had a significant amount of napping uh, on Saturday um, it looked a lot better. Like knowing where it was going, it was less stressful. Watching it live was stressful. Um, so I think that's that's what I have to say about Michigan State. It was fine. There are con- some concerns if uh, Darius Snow and, and Xavier Henderson are out for an extended period of time. We don't know that they will be, but something to watch. Um, Michigan humiliated someone. I did not watch most of this game. Uh, I watched, I don't know, 90% of the game. I I. I, I will say it was it was quite fun hearing RG three say the thing and then probably get yelled at by his producer. <laughs> Hope so. By, hope- by the thing, dear listener, we mean when Alex Orgy scored a touchdown, he just flirted out, and there's an orgy in the end zone. <laughs> how can how can there not be? I mean, how can like there not be. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, the game in general was fun. I think the only thing that really well, actually, 
two two main conclusions. Number one, uh, the the defense did a lot better than I was expecting, but obviously opponent matters here. Um, yep. But the interesting thing is that it was an opponent who was running the air raid, and Twigs they, pointed out they, before the game that uh, like the air raid can really mess with people. Um, I mean, we'll see what that offense looks like at the end of the year versus what it is right now. I wasn't watching close enough to like really analyze from play to play. Um, but there weren't any bus really. There might have been like one. Uh, but like that's that's what could have happened. That that's what would have been concerning. But that's not what happened, and that's really good. So yeah, I mean, I think I think looking at that Colorado State team, they did not look good, um, and. In and they're all one, new. It's, huh? They're all new. Like yeah. they're. It's, they, it's just. I mean, they're it's not a, it's a, new. It's a new. They're team. all from Nevada. <laughs> well, like I think they said, like there's something like sixty new players, sixty new yeah. scholarship players, um, yeah. and you can only have eighty-five scholarship players. Like that's that's a new team. Um, yeah. I think that I think and and look like week one, it's impossible to say is this team did this team look bad or is this team bad? So for example, like if Western Michigan comes out and they go 10 and 10 and three with a Mac title, you look back on this and say, wow, Michigan state's defense played really well on the back end. And if they come out and they're a five and five and seven Mac team, you're like, well, that's when we knew there was a problem. Um, yeah. But at this point you can't really tell, you know, right. outside of the, the teams who played a serious opponent or otherwise humiliated someone, you can say something from that. And that's, I think the thing about Michigan and I said it in the lead up and I, and I believe it now, Harbaugh is astoundingly good at choking out bad teams, like just yes. getting rid of any hope they they might have to be successful. Yes. Um, and he did it again. I mean, I will say the only concerning thing from my perspective was post-game, Cade McNamara publicly undermined his coach. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just like, and like he's probably supposed to be so. on a bad game too. Yeah. Um, so I... I don't know what to say, man. Like, don't come out flat against Colorado State. I, especially when you like you, you have been told what the what the deal is, and like that's the team that you played for, and you decided not to transfer, and you know who your coach is. So yeah. I feel I mean, bad for him. I do. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Harbaugh is treating him fairly. Um, I have said before, I think, and I think that he's gonna, he's probably going to have like a fairly long NFL career. Not like, I'm not saying he's Brady, but I'm saying that like, he's very, very competent at like knowing the playbook and where to put the ball. And he's never going to really lose you a game. Um, so I think he's going to be like that backup who never really plays, but like, could you could put him in, in an emergency. Um, so I don't know. Again, I don't think that Harbaugh is treating him fairly but he knows who he knows who Harbaugh right. is <laughs> it's 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 somewhat like the you can't like the scorpion and the toad thing here like yeah you got on the back of a scorpion you can't be surprised um yeah but exactly. I think the thing is with with McNamara I think that this this is the type of game that he has right like he does have the occasional game where he goes 50 percent for seven yards per per attempt and, and, you know, no interceptions, like he does that, right. um, you know, but, but Michigan, I mean, just in this game, like they humiliated their opponent, but they also weren't that, um, they weren't that, that tight, you know, like they had 
one really nice catch and run from Roman Wilson, which yeah, credit where credit's due. But aside mm-hmm. from that, I mean, you know, did did they have a play go twenty yards? Um, aside from that one, I don't. Recall. I think I think I'm, I'm looking at the box score now. Eric All had a had a catch for 22 yards, and JJ McCarthy had a 20 yard run. I mean, yeah. if this if this offense is is relying on um, grinding it out, I, I don't know how successful they're going to be because they don't have Hassan Haskins, who is awesome um, at grinding things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't I'm, I'm disagree. Not, I'm not saying um, that they're in trouble. They they just humiliated someone fifty one to seven. I'm saying if you're going to look for cracks, the lack I mean, of explosiveness is a, is a concern. I think that's also why like Harbaugh is doing his weird thing where he is saying like, okay, well, sorry, Cade, but I really I I really want to play JJ <laughs> because yeah. if you don't have a bruiser, then you need a quarterback who can run. So you got, you've got to find those, those three yards on third and four or, or on third and two somewhere. Right. And you, yeah, you either exactly. do it with quarterback runs or you do it with Son Haskins. Um, right. Michigan state did it with a tight end in the backfield, which was fun. But um, I mean, there's no, there's no concerns with Michigan coming off of this game. There will be no concerns coming off of the next game where they are favored by 46. And honestly, I think you should pick them to cover. Um, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan State's favored by 34 and a half. I don't think, I think you should pick Akron to, to, uh, to cover that spread. I think, I think Michigan State is incapable of beating teams by 35. I know for a fact that Michigan will, will beat Hawaii by 70. Like, I, I think that that game, if Harbaugh's in a bad mood, could get into the triple digits. Hawaii's <laughs> really bad. Um, and, and um, we'll see, we'll see exactly how pissed off Harbaugh is um, playing at, in a night game that he shouldn't have to play. Um, is the best way to put that. Um, so I, I can't believe that game is it. I mean, I understand why, uh, yeah. but I can't believe that's a nice. It's game. actually sort of a, a nice thing that Michigan's done for Hawaii. It like, is. I, like I actually think that's a like, like I, I don't have anything to say other than like that's a very decent move. Slash Big Ten Network needed a night game, but also like it's a decent move. Like that game yeah. very well could have been a noon game on ESPN two. Um, yeah. But but I think that that's a decent move. I, I give Michigan's Michigan's um, athletic department some credit there. Um, Josh, I, I want to come to you now because Baylor played football yesterday. Yes, they did. And uh, what what do you think about how Baylor played football yesterday? Outside of that, they they did do us all a favor by finishing with a very nice final score. A nice score line, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, yeah, I, I actually I, I didn't get to, to to watch the game much. I'm still gonna have to gonna have to go back and um, watch it on replay. But um, I did catch a, a little bit of it and like watch some of the highlights, and uh, it, it was just a, a really um, a really efficient game, I would say, on both sides of the ball. Um, offensively, I mean, we had um, you know our new quarterback Blake uh, Blake Shapen play, and he went you know 17 of 20, um, two touchdowns. So, um, and we even uh, played our true freshman quarterback, um, who's his backup. I mean, he went five of seven uh, for 100 yards. So it was really efficient. Um, we had nine ball carriers, scored seven seven rushing touchdowns. Um, I think the only uh, on our six uh, average of 6.3 um, yards per carry. Um, so we were moving the ball well. And then I think the only thing we even had a special team touchdown uh, punt return. 
and the only thing that was missing was a defensive uh, a defensive score. Um, but yeah, I think it was just like, Albany were not very good. Um, <laughs> they are not very good. Wait, sorry, Baylor. Baylor played Albany. Like Albany, Albany yes. like Baylor yep. in Texas played Albany yeah. from New York. Yep. Yes. Albany has a football team. <laughs> yep. Next week, it, uh, next week they play New Hampshire. The week after that, they play Fordham. Uh, they also have got on the schedule uh, Hampton, Villanova, Stony Brook, Maine, Rhode Island. Um, best case scenario, this team is bad. Worst case scenario, this team is like maybe we should get rid of the F- FCS in general. <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what else is super awesome? See, I, I, I miss Stumpy because usually he'll sarcastically say, is it this sponsor? And then you guys need to work on that. Oh, are you serious? I was going to say it, and then I, I, like, oh, I'm not gonna... I can't see you on video. And, see, like, this is the problem. I knew, like, you were about to, like, put up your hand and, like, I didn't want to do the, the awkward thing where I'm, like, talking during the sponsor. Uh, yeah. Although that would have been fun, right? Like, <laughs> That would have been. Yeah. We'll get there. See, it's week one. Look, the biggest, the biggest jump is between weeks one and two. So, you know. We'll get there. So I, I do want to just, just while we're on the topic of Baylor, I do want to mention Baylor actually does have a serious game next week against the team that maybe is good. Um, BYU rolled South Florida and South Florida. I don't know if, if they're any good. Um, South Charlie Florida Strong's has, still there. Charlie Strong is still there. I don't know. Is Charlie Strong still there? Either. Can someone look that up? So. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think so either, but BYU, BYU, um, humiliated them like yeah like scored 28 points on their first three offensive possessions um yeah. and if you're if you're going to do some math there yes there was an interception return for a touchdown in there like it was 28 it was 28 to nothing um but before the end of the first quarter and it just sort of went from there i mean it's 38 yeah. nothing like byu steamrolled them um they're, is, they're generally a good uh, a good side they always they typically always put out decent football teams like every yeah. year you're not you're not gonna walk into a BYU game game and, and feel good. You can you can be confident, but you're not gonna feel good about feel good, going. yeah. Um so that's that's just an interesting thing. That's um that's actually a late game. That's a we can it, it that's like a seven fifteen Saturday or ten fifteen PM Eastern. So um we BYU will be after in, dark. BYU after dark, we will be in discussions about whether we are going to do a a Twitter space for that game if Josh is up for it. Um Maybe. Yeah, I'm up for it. We'll we'll do a watch along where we just watch that game and talk shit about BYU while keeping it not offensive. That is the goal. If we can get through that game without saying anything offensive, about be very hard. About, be very hard. Yeah. Is it okay to like be offensive towards towards BYU? Like, I don't know. They regularly start like 25 year olds because their players like come back and play football after being on a like a like doing a very nice thing. Like going on a Mormon mission. <laughs> uh, maybe it is nice. Maybe converting people is is ethically questionable. I'm not going to get into it. Um, yeah, you know. sure. But they also uh, do community service on those things. But yeah, sure. Right, that's true. That's true. That 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 is a good point. Um, but let's let's talk about the the other things that that have sort of happened uh, yesterday, um, especially in terms of the fun games. So um, first things first, Virginia Tech's AD. I don't know who it is, has, has some explaining to do. Is that, I, I mean, why would you go to Old Dominion? 
Why would you uh, go there? I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's like in basketball where like, you know why like Michigan and Michigan State occasionally plays those like mid like Butler and they go to Butler. It's because like, it's good for your schedule. But like, and also, otherwise, like that's just a bad idea. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and also like in basketball, it's like, okay, well, if we go to Butler, it's Hinky Fieldhouse. It's like historic. You know, there's something to it. Um, you know, you, you go to, you know, a, 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 a smaller school. You're like, okay, well, this is our athletic budget for the year. You don't do that in football. You only get 12 of these things. Right. Like have them come to you, especially since the last time you played them at Old Dominion, you lost. And then you went and did it again. Why? <laughs> Okay, what is a dumber idea? Scheduling one of the service academies or playing at Old Dominion? I think it's playing at Old Dominion, but service academy is also a bad idea. Service academy is very bad idea to play. Yeah, Um, you don't want to play service academies, but with service academies, like you can justify it to your boosters, right? So you say to like, let's say your boosters are like of a certain uh, political persuasion, and you say, hey, we're we're going to bring in the United States military for this one. There'll be a flyover. There's a ton of American flags. Everybody's going to have a great time. Your old boosters who are all 65 are going to be like, great. You're not making those boosters happy by going to old dominion. Nope. <laughs> or, 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 or Appalachian state, which is the same thing, except UNC escaped. Um, shouldn't enough, but they did. How does anyone play that school? Um, like, like you don't get any goodwill. There is no, I, I am shocked that Appalachian State is able to get uh, a non-conference schedule. I'm shocked. Anyway, I wouldn't. Anyway. Um, <laughs> just, I, I just don't understand it. Um, but uh, shout out, shout out, <laughs> shout out to, uh, to UNC. Um, they went to Boone, North Carolina and won, which it was it, like, and I feel terrible for Chase Bryce, who has been in college longer than I've been uh, alive, it feels like. Um, Chase Bryce, I'll say this about Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce was, if I'm not mistaken, Deshaun Watson's backup at Clemson. Um, he, really? he, he was at Clemson since I, I think so, or, or he was in the same class as Trevor Lawrence, something about Tra- Chase, Bryce, like Chase Bryce has been in college football for a very long time. He played at Duke. He played at Clemson. Now he's at Appalachian state. Um, it's the, the guy has been here forever and he missed he, he played out of his mind. Like he played really, really well. He scored 40 points in the fourth quarter of a game, but he, he just had to hit one guy wide open on a two point conversion and he couldn't do it. And that made me really sad. Um, he also had a uh, Friday night lights, the movie ending where he like tried to run for, for a two point conversion and he got stopped at the one yard line. I got stopped. Yeah. Yeah. That was sad, but, Heartbreak. but also, and then, like, and, then, and then he forced us to watch Mac Brown dance in the fucking locker room. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I put that. I put that on Chase. That's his fault. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I'm I'm a very strong proponent in all sports of if you don't want them to dance on you, don't let them score. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like, 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 there was that whole thing again. This is like the football aspect of this, not the soccer. But like, people got so mad at Richarlison, uh, who's a, who's a, a, a an attacker for for Spurs because he was juggling in the middle of the game that Spurs were up three one. And my response to that is, don't let them be up three one. <laughs> Like if they weren't up three one, he wouldn't have been juggling. If if you didn't lose to Mac Brown, he wouldn't be dancing on you. So I don't know what to say about that. Um, he's so old, like he's he knows he, he can still dance. Like I I feel like he 
you know, should not even be coaching and much less like just like being in a wheelchair. Um, worry about enjoying the rest of his life. Yeah, I mean, man. Remember, what are you doing? Uh, he's, he's doing exactly what he wants to do, which is I don't think that he does anything during the week. Mac Brown, Mac Brown is like the a figurehead coach, the epitome of a figurehead <laughs> coach. Like he's there to shake hands, kiss babies, and dance in the locker room. I I'd be willing to bet during the game when he's talking about his players and he's like, "Hey, we need to get eighteen the ball more." He's not saying eighteen because that's coaching parlance. He's saying eighteen because he doesn't know who eighteen is. Like he's watching them for the first time here, and he's like, "Oh man, we got a wide receiver who's pretty good. We should get him the ball more." And the offensive coordinator's like. Thanks, Mac. Thanks, Coach. Yep, for sure. We'll do that. And then I'm not, they go saying, I'm not saying Mac Brown is Joe Paterno because things. Well, uh, you, don't, you don't say that, but. You don't say that. However. However. <laughs> idea, idea about like old coach applies here. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very much. I guess like and, basketball, Jim Beheim is like the better, well, more no, politically correct. Yeah. Well, Jim Beheim also had an assistant who did some stuff. But also, Jim Beheim just started recruiting his sons. Yeah. Like, he, he oh, yeah. knew who they were. So he's like, eh, Buddy Beheim. Yeah, great. <laughs> buddy. And it's like, is his name Buddy or does he just call everybody Buddy because he can't remember names anymore? Who's to say, really? Um, so also, can we, can we talk about um, Pitt and, and West Virginia for a second? Um, sure. Because is that, is that like the most brutal way to lose a game that you can think of? against a rival you don't ever play. Like, so like this is going to stick in the craw of West Virginia for years um, on a, on a, like a terrible pick six. Like, um, through the kids what happened. Hands. Oh yeah, that's right. Through the kids' hands. Um, yeah. Coach, coach, coach uh, 30 I, on, on Instagram slash Twitter, who you should all follow, uh, had a really, really funny video about that game. Um, I highly suggest it. <laughs> Recommend it. Um, so that was fun, but more fun than that was the Houston UTSA game, which went to three overtimes, four overtimes. Um, Josh, I don't, I don't know if you got to watch that as our, as our Texas correspondent, but that game was nuts. Um, like just like haymakers back and forth, just a ton of fun all the way around Dana Holgerson, whenever he's, he's like in his bag, that that's what that was. It was great. Yeah. And I would say I didn't get to watch uh, watch a lot of the game. I just got to see um, just like parts of it. But there were some really impressive plays made by both sides in that game. Uh, it was it was generally um, from what I watched, just like a, a fun like fourth game. Like you said, like yeah, listen, that's <laughs> that's his mo. You know, that's that's the way he plays. So yeah. yeah, it was great. I think I think UTSA has a pretty decent team. Uh, this year, want to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean they they were they were great last year. I think they're going to be great this year. Like I I they're they're a fun team, but they they have a not so fun schedule because they go from Houston, which is top twenty five team. Next week they play Army, which again don't play service academies at eleven a.m. local. Um, and then they go and play Texas. Like, although it would be very funny if they were zero two and then beat Texas, which might be the best possible outcome. <laughs> Um, would like that. That would be very funny. Um, Love that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be funny. Um, so the so that sort of brings us, I I think, unless I'm missing something, to like the actual teams playing actual games, which whatever. And then we'll 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 do some preview of next week. Um, well, I do have one um, one shot 
um, for a game that I watched randomly um, yesterday. Um, it was North Carolina State oh. versus um, uh, um, ECU. You, uh, oh my gosh, what was it was it was ECU. ECU. Yeah, ECU. Yeah. East Carolina. North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. That poor kicker. North Carolina State should have lost that game. Yep. Twice. Oh my gosh, I felt so bad for him. It's it's you he, know he it's, had an opportunity to redeem himself. And then, and then, then, then whiffed it again. Um, you know, it's bad when the when the journalists on Twitter yeah. are like, "I hope this kid doesn't get too much hate." <laughs> like that's how you know it's bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, I just um, wanted to, I just wanted to point that out because I, I was like, "Wow, yeah, that's tough." Yeah, that was that was rough. Um, also, uh, before we get into games that were like sort of a big deal. Um, Apologies to Cincinnati. You will not make the playoff this year. We'll see you next year. Um, you can't lose to Arkansas. Like they're good, but they're not that good. So we'll see it. We'll see you next time, Cincy. Um, so, so the should have taken that contract. Yeah, whatever, whatever, Luke. Um, so let's talk a little bit. So like, I, I, I don't want to give too much time to Georgia um, just because like perfection is boring and, like it's it's what they did to a conceptually good Oregon team was dispiriting, right? Like like it wasn't fun. It was just sad, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like it was it was I, just. I'm gonna let the, was, the football player take this one. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I gotta say, I I knew Georgia was gonna be good again this year. I wasn't ex- expecting the defense after quite a bit of turnover from guys going to the league last year. Uh, last year, being just as good, if not better, replacing like starters and NFL caliber players with younger NFL caliber players. Yep, and it's just like. They look just like right back at it. They look like they're going to go all the way again this year. Um, and I, I, I still don't quite know if like they're as good as they showed or if Oregon maybe is not as good as we think they were. But part of me thinks that they're as good as they looked. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be a, an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting season for them. Uh, I, I think that the scariest thing about what happened was that last year, right? Like they had Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis and you said to yourself, all right, well, they lose both of them. So maybe this defensive line doesn't have somebody who's horrifically terrifying. And Jalen Carter is horrifically terrifying. <laughs> like, like terrifying. Like, I, like to the point where you look at that defense, you're like, what am I supposed to do? And that, yeah. like, that was the problem last year, right? Like where you like looked at the defense and you're like, what am I supposed to do? And this year, and you were like, oh, maybe they don't have a world beater at defensive tackle again. And they do. They have another one. And they're going to. Did you see the play? Did you see the play where he just tossed the, the yeah. Oregon tackle? Yeah. Like he was a little kid? Just. That was jaw dropping. Like, little Boyd, a, a, a good offensive line. And yeah. it was like, it was the type of thing that, like, every now and then you see it in college football on a team who's not Alabama, 
right? Because Alabama does it every year, you know, for, for 15 years now. Yeah. Um, but Georgia did it, which is you have a generational player and then you find out they're not a generational player. They, it isn't, it's, it's an assembly line. And Jalen <laughs> Carter is the next one. Um, and it's like, oh, like they, they, you know, they lose something. I guess they'll just go have to go out and get another five-star cornerback in Malachi Starks and Kaylee Ringo is still there. And Chris Smith is like, it's just, it's just like this. Georgia is the reason why I don't pay attention to the top five of the, of, of college football, because it's like, like what, what, like, let me know when they play a game and they have something stupid happen, but like, I'm not going to watch Georgia games because like, I don't want to watch that. It wasn't it like, like, that's the thing is that like, it wasn't fun. fun. Yeah. Um, like in the way that like Alabama games are not fun anymore. Like, it's like, I, I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch a kid with a, with a, with a magnifying glass play with ants. Like it's not fun <laughs> to me. And that's what George is doing. That's what George is doing. Except that in this case, the ants are number 11, Oregon. And it didn't matter. Um, so I, I don't know how many teams can stand up to Georgia. I have a sneaking suspicion. It's three and maybe two, like, maybe anybody beyond Bama and OS and, and Ohio state, but like, I think Clemson would, would, would get steamrolled. I think Oklahoma would get humiliated. And like, yep. who else are we talking about? Michigan didn't get that much better. And Georgia, like the last game they played against each other was pretty recently. Like who else are we talking about here? USC? No. So like, you know, I, mean, you I would be I would be careful like making grand pronouncements after one game. Also, like don't forget that Oregon they had a coaching changeover, so Oregon might not be that good. You, like you never know like what happens throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I, I, mean, I agree. Look, like I'm not I I don't I don't enjoy watching the SEC. I'm not going to watch Georgia games. I'll hear about it afterwards. Well, it's, it's, it's not that like you can like, because there's parts of the SEC that are actually sort of fun. Kentucky is sort of fun to watch because every now and then they'll just like dick trip and you're like, ah, fun. Great. Uh Cool. You know, Tennessee will get really high on their own supply and then fall flat on their face. Great. Um, The Utah Florida game was actually sort of fun. Um, Vanderbilt games are always fun. (laughs) For one reason or another, for one reason or another, Vanderbilt games are always fun. Um, But like, for better or worse, the top two, I guess, I think, I, I guess it's the top two because Texas A&M, I'm not included. The top two in the, in the SEC are just not, are just so head and shoulders above everybody else that it's, it's hard to get excited. Um, but, but just talking about Utah, like, I, I really appreciate um, the Pac-12 letting us all know that they will not be joining the playoff once again in week one. Like, we don't even have to pretend. Like, it's like, okay, we're done. Great. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, Pac-12. You're no longer a conference. No. Nope. Ah, Thank you. Thank you for your service. We will see you next year when the top six uh, ranked conference champions get to go to the playoff. I guess we should probably talk about 12 teams. Bet, yeah. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, I, I really like that they said top six ranked conference champions. That made me really happy because I think in the future, that means two lower tier conferences are going conferences. to be, yeah, are, are going I, to be have a way in and that makes me happy. yeah i also really like that the first round is on campus that's awesome is that, that, that I, I know that that was like reported is that for certain that's awesome um it was reported so okay. i i yeah. accepted as truth 
and so, I will accept it as truth until I'm disappointed. <laughs> right. And like the, the, the cool thing was is that like we got we got a sense of what that would have looked like last year. And like it just so happened it would have worked out as Michigan State versus Michigan or Michigan State versus Ohio State for the right to play Michigan, which would have been a blast. Like, I mean, until Michigan State got steamrolled by Ohio State again and Ohio State beat Michigan because it's really hard to te- beat a team twice. Like that would have been an awesome two week lead up. I think everybody would have had a lot of fun. As opposed to what we did do, which was like Michigan State being like, yep, let's get up to give a shit about Pitt. And Michigan was like, how can I talk myself into not getting humiliated by Georgia? None, none of which was fun. But um, I'm excited. I, I'm most excited about the, the conference champions thing. Like on campus is super cool. And occasionally that means an SEC team will have to come north, which is great. But um, but I think I think like having having a way in for group of the, you know, what's going to end up being a group of six or whatever, you know, happens is really, really good because, you know, you'll have a situation where it's like, okay, like I have a a shot at playing in the playoff playing at Western Michigan or central or, you know, whoever it ends up being Houston, um, which is, which is good, I think. And it also probably limits uh, the SEC and big 10 expansions. Because if you don't have to go to one of those two to get the ultimate payout, then all right. You know, like there's, there's less urgency for that. Um, right. Which is probably for the health of college football. Yeah, um, definitely. Like it's, it's so rare that the college football makes a decision that's in its own best interest and not its own limited financial interest. But this seems to be that like, obviously like it's going to pay off because there's more games that people are going to care about, but this also is one of those things where it's like for a long time, uh, college football's argument was every game matters. And then in the sort of the playoff era and sort of the BCS era, it was like, well, not really, because you can lose a game or two um, and, and you can still get in if you're from the right conference. And if you go undefeated from the wrong conference, it doesn't matter. Um, but now it's like, no, 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 the conference season matters because whoever wins, if you go, if you go 11 and one from the AAC, you're it like for yeah. sure. Um, whereas for most of the playoffs history, that wasn't the case, which is cool. Um, so I, I have a question for Josh. Um, so former player, how do you feel about the powers that be adding how many games is it? Two games without the player's consent? Maybe three. Three, maybe three. Two games into the, um, the, the regular schedule. Oh, like you're talking about the playoff games. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's less of a um, and this might just be me, but like I think it's less of a it's less of a issue with like college players because like for for me at least when I was there like they actually enjoy the games. I know playing a lot of games might be um, might be a lot on the body um, and and the mind as well because like mental preparation is also big, but. Um, I think the players actually enjoy it, especially when they know they're playing for something. So, like, when you get into playoff time, it's different because you're like, okay, I'm playing for a chance to win a championship. And so you're not worried about, oh, like, you know, I have an extra game to play or an extra couple of games to play. Um, the You hear a lot of, like, pushback on extra games in the NFL because that's different. It's, right. Like, yeah, they're, they're getting paid for um, paid for each game they're playing. Um, but I don't think necessarily their um, their uh, their pay increases 
based on the number of games they play. So like they're not getting paid more. Right. And, and so like the, you know, not getting played, I I think Josh cut out there for a second, but you know, the fact that they're not getting paid more or less based on games, like it probably. Right. Um, Yeah. So, so I I guess we, we probably should talk about the top five game that happened. Should, should we do that? I feel like we learned nothing from that game. I learned nothing. (laughs) My opinion on both of those teams has not changed in the slightest. My opinion on that game is we're doing a Lord of the Rings movie rewatch. And I told myself if it was still close in the fourth quarter, I would switch over. I did not. (laughs) YOLO. I love that. Like, I I, I threw it on and I was like, okay, this is conceptually a good game. What am I learning? What am I doing? Um, Oh, okay. CJ Shroud. Okay. Okay. They have... Ohio State has more wide receivers. Great, great. Uh, their defense is good. Okay. Is anything different? No? Great. Cool. Glad we did this, guys. Um, how did the uh, how did the three high work? Uh, or, or did they – is that what they're doing? Because yeah, I know the they, Oklahoma State – They shifted to the Knowles system, uh, Jim Knowles. Okay. Um, against Notre Dame in September, like, yeah, it was suffocating. But it would have been suffocating regardless. Like, whatever defense they threw out, with their athletes in the warm is, is always going to be fine. Like the, the question with them is, you know, do they have someone on the defensive line who's a world beater? And yes, Michael Hall Jr. is very freaking good, but is he very freaking good or is Notre Dame overrated? Like could be both. I don't know. Yeah. But Notre Dame, Notre Dame's not very good uh, yeah. is, is my takeaway um, because that's what I always want to be the answer. I always want the answer to be Notre Dame is not very good. Um, <laughs> which is what it is. Um, yeah. So I, I think like that's sort of the uh, only sort of thing to say, like CJ Stroud didn't look sharp, but it's week one and it was against the top five team. Like, oh. okay. Oh, that's interesting. A, uh, a uh, QB one, he didn't look sharp in his first game. Ohio Not State's like, going to give him a chance. <laughs> and, and, and like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. Cause it's like, was there a quarterback who you who you watched outside of Stetson and Bennett because Georgia, who you were like, he looked sharp and good. Like Anthony Richardson had had a number of moments where he was like, eh, um, you know. KJ Jefferson. Yeah, KJ Jefferson. Like he, he played well. I got like it's it's just like week one is always going to be a, a question. Um, I would be shocked if Peyton Thorne, Kate McNamara, CJ Stroud, like talking just talking about the 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 ones in the Big Ten. Oh, Sean Clifford looked like trash. Uh, and got hurt again because that's what Penn State uh, was. Well, he, yeah, he's glass because he's a Penn State quarterback. <laughs> and did, did, did you, did you see, um, uh, did you see that, that Drew Alar came in and people were like, uh, oh, is, is he going to, is he going to take over the job? And it's like, maybe not. Maybe don't do this with every single quarterback you've ever had, James Franklin. Although I saw a very <sighs> funny stat that was like, Every single quarterback James Franklin has had year over year has gotten worse year over year. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like yep. nobody has improved under James Franklin at the quarterback position, which is insane. I, I wonder if there's a, uh, there's a, an offensive line problem there. Hmm? Maybe, hmm? maybe. <laughs> um, but like, like, like it's, I, I think what's, what's gone on there is that like he trains his quarterbacks to see ghosts. Right. Like, do you remember that? Like with, um, yeah. with Devin Gardner and like the moment he started seeing ghosts and he just never recovered. It was nope. the, it was that like Michigan State game, 
Um, Like before that game and after that game, like he just was a different quarterback outside of the one time that he was playing on adrenaline because he broke his foot and kept playing. Yeah. But like when he was like, great game. Uh, But like mostly like, it's like the moment that you start seeing ghosts, it's, it's over. And that's like a feature of Penn state's offense is to make their quarterback see ghosts. Yeah. Who was, um, who was that quarterback who was supposed to go in like the first round? Uh, and then he saw ghosts and then the jets picked him way too early. Hackenberg. Yep. Hackenberg. Yep. Yeah. He was supposed yeah. to be the, the second coming and then he yeah. saw ghosts. And then he saw ghosts and that was the end that of it. That sucks. Like, like yeah. it's, it just, you never, you never recover because your eye level, like you never get that trust back. Um, right. And so much of quarterbacking is like keeping your eyes downfield and, and trusting your offensive line. And if you can't, it's over. Like it's, you can't, you can't recover. Um, so just to, to do a, like a, like a three minute preview on, on both teams uh, for next week, we already talked about Baylor uh, and, and just sort of what we're looking for. Um, I think for Michigan, you want explosive plays, right? Like, is that, is that like really the only thing you're looking for or, or maybe a better performance by Cade? Case not playing. Oh right, I forgot. Next week is JJ McCarthy week. Yeah. Um, glad glad he I mean, gets you're the looking, week off after you're looking... after that. That's so dumb. I yeah, I hate that that's happening. I guess we're looking to see how JJ does against an objectively like much worse team. Yep. Um, at night with at probably night. a cra- a student crowd who's going to be like really drunk, and I don't I mean, know if they will they be pumped up. I don't know. I, I, what I'm, what I'm thinking is like week two against Hawaii, when we were there, would we have like gotten super up for this game or would we have gotten day drunk and then forgotten to go? I don't know. Like it, like, (laughs) it's a question. Like, like, I, 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 we would, we, the two of us would have gone. Probably. Uh, Random person from New York, probably not going to go. I, right. (laughs) Like, like we would have gone because it's like, oh, okay, well there's football. So you go to the game. Um, And like, I don't have like, but, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Are, are, are the alumni going to show up? Right. Um, so uh, interestingly enough, I actually, like, I think the alumni will be there and they'll, they'll be there for most of the game. Uh, cause it's warm. It's the, oh, good point. It's the cold night games that right. where they, where it's like against a bad opponent for the, it's the, show. it's the three thirty game in it's the three thirty game at the end of October against Rutgers that they don't show up for. Oh, no, 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 no. It's the seven or eight o'clock game against Indiana in November where they don't show. 3.30, they'll show for a bit and then they'll leave. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like, post-daylight post, uh, savings, um, those 3.30 games get dark real quick. Oh, they do. They do. And um, they get cold. They get cold and miserable. It's, it's like how, uh, like, every now and then when, when the Michigan-Michigan State game is the, that last weekend in October and they put it at 4 o'clock on Fox and it's like, oh, this is a night game. Thank you. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't understand how this works. Thank you for giving a night game to Michigan and Michigan State. It's not good for us. No. Uh, um, no, but th- that game, I think, for the foreseeable future will be big noon Saturday. That's good. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. but, but in terms of, so, so for, for Michigan State, I think the thing that I want to see is sustained drives. Um, like, expl- like, I know that Michigan State can, can get explosives, but, um, and I know time of possession doesn't matter, um, but Michigan State got, like, for, for most of that game, were, like, doubled up in time of possession, and that will wear on your defense um, as a game and as season goes on. So I, I, would, like, I would like the offense to, to sustain some drives, um, 
And if they're not, it's because they're running the ball and just breaking carries and, you know, whatever. But like, I, I don't want to see the, you know, three and out, three and out, three drives in a row of 50 yard explosives and then nothing for a while, which is what happened in, in this last game. Um, but I, you know, like, I, I think like going from week one to week two um, for both of us, for Michigan and Michigan state um, and Baylor as well. Um, I, I, I don't think there's much concern, right? Like you can manufacture concern just because there, there's enough time to pick things apart. But like, if you cover the spread, you did what you were supposed to do. And both teams did what they were supposed to do. Did they, did yeah. they do it in way? No. I mean, Harbaugh's teams are always going to be better than, than Michigan State's teams against crummy opponents because there's more depth. There's more talent. So, like, yeah. that's, how, that's when it manifests. Um, yeah. you know, I also think Harbaugh is just too competitive to, yeah, like, play does. down to an opponent. He just right. doesn't. It's not his way. So, like, even yeah. – even, so like he'll, he'll still run his stuff, but he'll, his teams are wired like he is, which manifests itself in weird ways. Like against rivals, like Michigan plays tight um, because I think Harbaugh's tight. I don't think he's a relaxed coach. I don't think that he like, can, can exude calm. So, no. you know, against, against it, it's like, they don't have a, a secondary level, right? Like they just play at their level, which is admirable, but it also, it's sometimes nice to have like a, all right, we're going to D'Antonio the shit out of this Michigan-Michigan State game. Um, yeah. Which Michigan State has made a living on, which is like getting to a different level. And Michigan doesn't really have that second gear. Um, in fact, so I, I don't it, think that they've had it in the, in the Harbaugh era. If you were, if you were a Michigan fan, um, I guess like same question for Josh. Uh, and if you're like a reasonable Michigan fan, what are you hoping for from McCarthy next week? And I think, I think that the, the goal for McCarthy is make it, I, but, but see, that's the thing is that he could go 20 for 20 with six touchdowns. And I wouldn't say, oh, well, he should be the guy because it's Hawaii. Like you can't learn that much. Um, yeah. So like, I want him to be like, what do I want to see? I want him in control of the offense. I don't want him to make mistakes. I want him to do the things he's supposed to do. And then okay, in week so three, you're like rooting for him to do well. I don't know if I am, to be honest. I mean, I think, I think it, it goes back to what is the best for the program and what is the best for the team? What's best for the program is Cade McNamara. What's best for the team is JJ McCarthy. Um, JJ McCarthy makes this team better. Cade McNamara makes this program better. Um, And I think, I think that's what it comes down to for Michigan state. It's like, you know, for Michigan, like that's what, that's what you sort of have to weigh. Like if you think that this team in 2022 can make another playoff run, you want it McCarthy. If you look at the team and you say, look, I don't know, we have young safeties. We have a linebacker maybe problem um you know mm. with with injuries maybe, maybe. Um, it just it's shallow the depth it's shallow. is shallow yeah. yeah you know the offensive line i mean i i was not impressed with with the offensive line oh they um, were they were hurt so ryan so ryan again Hayes didn't yeah play. right yeah yeah so so again like i wasn't that impressed so like i don't know i think you play Cade and you tell jj next year like have a ton of fun winning the heisman in your one year at i don't know call it Florida? Mm. USC? USC, sure. Whoever yeah. it is, you know, like have fun. Like you're, you're, next year you will be a starting quarterback, not it. And Cade McNamara will be here until 2025. Um, and that's, I think that's just sort of how it plays out. But, um, but we'll see. We have, we have a lot of, uh, of, of football left to watch for Michigan and Michigan State and Baylor. Um, 
Josh uh, left us a, a few minutes ago, but uh, you can find him on Twitter at Josh Benenock. He is talking uh, college football as well as uh, Chelsea. They um, suck. So, you know, actually they won this last weekend, but whatever. Uh, you can find uh, Angus at Nerd Angus. He, uh, he'll, he, he will talk uh, Michigan football and, and also uh, Clone Wars. He has a lot of opinions on that. You can find my co-host uh, who's not with us today, but he's, uh, he'll be back on Wednesday um at mr mojo rising 89 you can find me at diamonds esquire if i'm not at diamonds esquire i'm at tls underscore n underscore tds which is the uh podcast account if you have any thoughts you know feel free to tweet them there uh we will have our instagram up and running just around the time that harbaugh uh treats his quarterbacks fairly um which is never uh we uh special thank you to our sponsors smith workforce management group as well as whoever blue air decided to put in um and a uh, special thank you to you, our listener. Um, please like, subscribe, share, leave a message, leave a, a review. We, we, we appreciate it all. So uh, as always, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Podcast Network.